Yeah, so uh, you want to get into the hamsters talk then? <laughs> I will not get into the... Somebody had... That was my sister-in-law that suggested that, and I, I don't... <laughs> I have no uh, expertise in this area. All I can lend to the discussion, I did, I did have a couple hamsters as a kid, and it was actually very tragic because I was probably maybe eight or nine, and I had my two younger brothers, and my youngest brother at that point would have been probably three or three or four maybe i don't know and what like was freaking out and i was babysitting maybe i was a little older because i don't know if eight or nine you're allowed to do that but i can't remember i i just remember that mom was running an errand or doing something and we were pretty young and one of my brothers was freaking out and so i ran into the bedroom to see what's going on and something happened with the hamsters and like one of them ate the other one or some weird oh, shit. shit. <laughs> like, it was a pretty gory, pretty ugly mess. Like there was some hamster death that we experienced. And so that was the end of the hamsters for us. Wow. I didn't, I didn't realize they were like cannibalistic. I don't know. I don't remember what happened like that. That's what I remember, but it could have been, the other one was sick. I just don't I don't know if they do that or not. So don't quote me on this. I'm definitely speaking out of turn. I, I just remember that I go in there and I saw like a bone and blood and it was pretty nasty. <laughs> All right. That's the uh, Coffee Code Cat. That's all we got today. We're going to wrap that up. That's number 14. And we're not going to top that, I'm pretty sure. Spay and neuter your pets and keep your hamsters safe, please. <laughs> Coming to you live with episode 14 of the Coffee Codecast. I am Kyle Johnson, and this is my co-host, Michael Sheehan. Coming to you from the Bay Area and Seattle. Yo, coast to coast. Yeah. (laughs) The same same coast. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) North to south. So what up, dude? What up? Uh, Doing all right, man. Doing all right. That's about all I can say right now. Living the dream. Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing good. I told you earlier today I got a, a fun shipment in the mail today. I'm really this piece is really nice. Yeah, it's uh better than you expected? Better than I expected. I was looking at the photos and the photos look cool, but getting it in hand, whole different experience. It's really nice. It's the that I guess it's a portfolio, a tech portfolio. Satchel and Page makes these fine handcrafted leather, vegetable tanned leather products from, they make them in Tuscany. Um, anyway, this is, this is, this is in the interest of our uh, premium products podcast here, right? Yeah, I think it is. I, yeah, it definitely is. It's not a cheap, it was, it was a bit of an expense and I got it on, somewhat on a deal because it was right after the Kickstarter. So they had a promotional offer going on, but, um, really awesome, durable, sturdy. So yeah, it's a little leather portfolio with a shoulder strap and it has enough room in there for all the gadgets. So it has 
the the laptop the xps 13 fits in there i have room for the remarkable tablet a regular notepad of paper because i still like regular paper um passport credit cards charger cell phone holder sleeve thing uh it holds the kindle oasis that i have i have a kindle oasis that's pretty Um, new isn't it it is fairly new yeah yep they designed it to fit that as well so they're very forward-thinking people. They will show you on their website a list of the different laptops that it supports, like what version you would want to get depending on what laptop, and they had new models on there. So they, they're very hip and current with the uh, software trends. So you were carrying around a backpack that was like Osprey, right? Wasn't that the brand that you were carrying around before? A pretty good size. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I so how do you feel? You still feel like you can kind of get everything into this this satchel? A lot of stuff that I had in that backpack, I consolidated and got it into this portfolio thing. I mean, it's much smaller than the backpack. It could fit in the backpack if I wanted to do that. Um, I don't know how I'm going to use them both yet. So I imagine that like I'll be taking a day trip this week and I um I have some personal business on Thursday in Seattle to take care of. So I'm just gonna it's just gonna be a out and back. It'll be a twelve hour trip altogether. And um I'm just gonna bring the satchel. Yeah, I mean that I think that makes pretty good sense in that particular scenario. Um you don't really need a whole lot more than that, right? Just no. something to, to work on the plane maybe and to hold whatever docks or whatever you gotta do while you're here and that's really about it. So Yeah, the electronics, the notes the charger, some IDs, yeah. And I saw today too that when I, because uh, I forgot about this product, uh, we had talked about this uh, quite a number of episodes ago, and so I quickly reviewed the details of this thing. And this thing has a lifetime warranty on it as well, so they're pretty, they're standing pretty hard behind it. Like you should definitely not have any trouble with it. They claim this is meant to be an heirloom product that you hand down. They they were inspired by one of the guys. I don't know if it's a real story or if it's just really good marketing, but like somebody's grandpa, you know, going through the attic, found an old like World War II leather case or something like that era case that he had, and it was really high quality and nostalgic. And so they wanted to create products that were that old school kind of quality non-disposable grade type stuff and have it last the test of time pass it down from generation to generation i think that's really cool like how's the leather quality feel is it pretty is it pretty good stuff like good feeling oh it's amazing yeah it's it's the best leather i've ever gotten my hands on before and it comes with a certification like i said it's vegetable tanned and so they have this whole thing but but yeah, the presentation of it was very nice, taking it out of the package and they have it in a special like dust set proof sack or something like that. And yeah, it was very well done and copper rivets on different parts of the, on the edge of the handles. Uh, yeah, just very, very hefty, very, very heavy duty. You should have done like a unboxing video. You could have made a few YouTube bucks. Yeah, I should have done that. I thought about it, but I was so damn. So I bought, I pre-ordered this thing in December, and um, like <laughs> I'm so fucking impatient. I just wanted to get it out. So I thought about it. I took the first. 
I opened the cardboard box and then it had the, like the plastic bag with like the dust proof bag inside. And I go, Oh, this is nice. I should take a video or take some photos. And nah, fuck it. I should just open it up. <laughs> yep. I get it. I'm the same way. So I did that. I opened it up. I think it's one of those, um, like, like leather can be, I think it's just going to be even cooler over time. Right. Like the more that it's worn and weathered a little bit, um, it looks very cool right now, and it and the inside feels very soft, and the whole thing is well, well done. But I think it's just going to have a nice little patina, or it'll start to have a little more of a custom look the more it gets used and abused. Yeah, as with anything leather, the character kind of comes out in it when you kind of use it day to day, and it softens it up, and you get some you know nicks and marks and different scuffs on it. So that kind of just gives it gives it its character so yeah i think that'll be really cool i'm, I'm yep. looking forward to seeing it when you get up here yeah for sure i'll make sure i show it off because i'm really excited to have this this is a nice piece cool, yeah man. so we're back again i guess after uh another short hiatus this is uh the first one we've done in a couple of weeks at least maybe three i can't remember i think three weeks because i think the last one we did would have been uh well, let's see. We're currently at the 13th today. Yes. We did not do it on the 6th, and we did not do it on the 27th. Yeah, so by the time this is heard, that'll definitely be three weeks, uh, probably more. So, yeah, we've been uh, been been off, been doing other things, taking care of business, uh, and now we're back. We're trying to trying to get back on top of things. Hopefully, schedules calm down a little bit. Maybe they won't. We'll see how things go. We'll play it by ear. Yeah, I don't want to get into too much. I'll just say that there's definitely been a fair share of life issues going on. I think <laughs> per, a lot of personal issues matters. I'm I'm healthy. I'm good. It's nothing like that. It's just dealing with some other personal things. And so it's been difficult. And with the travel schedule as well, it was pretty hectic travel, travel schedule there in February. I, I was gone about half the month, the second half of the month. And... Um, as much as I really want to try to do one of these on the road, I did bring that little pocket mic, you know, that Samson mic. Um, we just haven't been able to make that work yet, and that's more on me, but it would be fun to try that at some point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we both had things going on, so, I mean, it's it's not a big deal, and we're going to try to get back on the regular, but, uh, you know, shit happens. So if uh, we're not here, we'll probably be back in short order. I, we don't plan on stopping, I don't think, at this point, so. Yeah, I don't want to stop. I want to keep going. I think it would be good to have some more regularity in it, but right now uh, it's a little choppy. Yep. It got a little quiet there, too. I don't. Uh, I understand because we just haven't been very active. I haven't posted any videos or anything like that. But Oh, in terms of feedback. Yeah, but I did see today, you know, when you posted, um, you posted that we were getting ready to record the show and do, do people have any ideas? And we got some feedback on that. So people are out there li- keeping an eye out for us at least, which thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. And I checked the downloads today. I hadn't uh, checked the statistics in a little while just because we hadn't been recording. And interestingly enough, we continue to get big spikes of, I mean, not big spikes, but relatively for us, they're big spikes, uh, even when we're not uh, actively recording shows. So really? we've, had a, we've had a number of days where it's spiked up pretty healthily. So it's cool. People are still finding us. Awesome. I love it. And we're not really doing a whole lot. I've been watching more Gary V and his latest push. He's been 
he's really into the newer social Snapchat and even like yeah. music musically and some of these other things. I don't even know what's up, but he was just talking about Instagram ads being like a super cheap deal right now. And I don't really know a whole lot about it, but maybe that's something that we look into is trying to boost our presence on the Insta. Yeah. I mean, I created the account and I try to throw one of those audiograms up there every now and again, but yeah, we should definitely push some stuff out there more frequently. Their algorithm's weird. I don't understand it. Like I, I refresh it and I see the same thing three days later. I just don't have a lot of contacts on there. I think that's probably my problem. Uh, that would probably be it. Yeah. Facebook, you can go on there and refresh it like immediately and it shows you something different all the time. I never see the same thing. Well, I see it the same thing twice sometimes, but it's usually very randomized and always very different. Yeah, they try to give you instead of the most recent. It's not it's not chronological, right? They just give you algorithmically generated feed. Yeah. That that is of, you know, a mix of who you interact with the most, who you're related to, you know, all these different factors, right? Right, exactly. Yep. Geographic. Yeah, of course. Yep. I think yeah, I think we definitely should. I think you can also add a shitload of tags and they actually work really well on Instagram. So I do that when I do photography, I'll tag photos and yeah, the number of likes that you get just because you put tags on the photo is kind of crazy. I was wondering about that. I have a friend in Denver that I went to high school with and this guy is a big barbecue guy and beer guy. And so I don't remember his name. It's like barbecue beer. I don't know what the fuck it is, but anyway, he does that. He'll have a post. It'll be some amazing, you know, applewood smoked bacon cheeseburger heart attack and then it'll have about 18 20 tags at the end of it <laughs> yep he gets a lot of likes from that yeah exactly yep so we should be on instagram a little more all right so we'll get into the insta we got to be keeping up with the cool kids the bullies the new generation right yeah and and i mean i, I see you have a snapchat too now well i have all of them just because i'm i want to i want to at least figure out what's going on but i haven't really cracked into the snapchat i, I don't know man that's just not I'm not there yet. Yep. I'm with you on that one. I know that it's important. I know that, you know, Gary, again, I'm going to go back to my mentor, Gary Vaynerchuk. This guy is, he's very uh, bullish on all these new social media technologies. I mean, he, he uses all of them, but I just haven't figured out the snap. Yep. Yep. I, we have a gal that we mentor and, and she's on Snapchat all the time as I think most younger folks are. Uh, but yeah, I've been looking at it and I just can't really, I don't, I guess I don't understand it that well. Or, and maybe that's cause I just don't give it a big enough chance and don't use it enough or often enough to really make it stick. I'm not really sure. So part of the problem for me is that I still use social Twitter's different. Twitter, I follow things, areas of interest. I follow topics that I'm interested in or technologies, programming stuff, whatever. It's not really a social network in the sense that I my friends are on there. I don't have any of my – a lot of those people that I follow, I don't even know who they are. Like I've never met them before. I know who they are, but I we, we aren't friends, right? Whereas Facebook, I, everybody that I've known in the last 20 years, I'm friends on Facebook. And I think – Part of the problem that I that I have is that I'm not really using Insta or Snap or or even Twitter as a platform for an idea. Like the Coffee Codecast, for example, if we really wanted to be hardcore about it, probably could be the platform that I publish on. Like 
that whatever that persona is that we're talking about tech and we're talking about bullshit and talking about this stuff like that, that should be the voice that I'm using when I'm publishing content on those channels. And I just don't think that way. Like for me, I'll like a story about like a, there's this gal that's a Bob, like has this, um, pack of huskies and she does like the I did a rod or whatever you know I mean it's just like random shit that I'll see and I'll like and I'll post sometimes it's political sometimes it's like around the gun control stuff and I don't think if you want to be really effective on any of those channels that you that you should be doing that I think what I'm hearing at least is that you have to kind of have your your niche and then you speak from that point of view that's kind of an interesting topic and I'd I'd like to dive into this a little further because I follow somebody, and you probably know his name. I believe it's Scott Hanselman. I know the Hanselman. I mean, I've never met him, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So he is a pretty prominent blogger, uh, podcaster, etc., uh, primarily for Microsoft products. And I followed him for years and years and years. And more recently, he's kind of been going through a battle with people that follow him, specifically around the the types of posts that he puts on Twitter and. Uh, most recently, it's about politics because he's very, very outspoken against the Trump administration. So he's making that very well known. And you almost constantly see a barrage of things pointed at him. You know, talk tech, quit talking politics. And yeah, he's just kind of like, you know, well, if you don't want to listen to what I have to say, don't follow me. You know, so it's kind of an interesting push and pull argument. I'm sure Gary Vee, just being a marketing guy, is going to very much hit home, like stay on message, stay on message. But there is also the personality uh, piece in there. You know, that's his personal Twitter account. It's not a business account. Yeah. Although it is kind of tied to his persona because he's very well known. So I don't know. I think there's an interesting push-pull argument there that, that I don't really know what the correct answer is. Well, I'll say this. I think in his case, in Gary's case, he would alienate a large population of his audience, right? Because he is edgy and he's opinionated and he's not afraid to drop F-bombs like it's... Uh, just a regular part of the vernacular, but it's the, something that like appeals to his audience. And I think when you start bringing in politics or religion or other things like that, that he's passionate, if he were to do that, I think he would alienate a good part of his audience. So I think in Scott's case, he's just being Scott. That's who he is. He's also been very much an advocate for, well, tech, you know, IOT devices. Well, he's diabetic, right? So he, um, he talks about that a lot as well. And so I think what he's done is really just make it about, this is me and my life, and this is who I am. I'm not really trying to be a marketer. I'm just presenting to you who I am. Right, I, and I agree with that, but I think his persona is being primarily a Microsoft blogger. That's where he got his name. That's where his recognition comes from. So most people expect to go there and see you know, primarily tech-related Microsoft content, right? Because that's, that's who he is. That'd be like... Um, you know, uh, I don't know, Tim Cook writing a whole bunch of personal shit instead of tech-related shit, which I guess he does, actually, now the more that I think about it. Uh, he's very much about, you know, different causes and stuff like that that he's interested in, I guess. So, I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird place to be in when you're a very public figure like that and are well-known for a very specific type of business. But yet you have a person... You obviously have a personal life, right? And you have yeah. opinions, so... Um, I don't know. It's a weird well, line to, to straddle. It is. It's, you have to. Well, I think it depends on what your outcome, desired outcome is as well. In Scott's case, I don't think he gives a shit. He says, look, I'm not here to try to like make a living off of social media. But 
so I don't care. But I think maybe other people might. If Scott did care about that, then maybe he would have a Hansel Minutes handle because that's his podcast, right, or whatever. Yep. Vlog- yep. You you could have a Hansel Minutes handle that would just be like the tech stuff that the tech guys want, and then Scott Hanselman handle would be like, hey, here's the personal shit, and if you want to follow that, come over here too. And that's kind of the what I was getting at, I guess. So. In our case, you would, if you wanted to post content that is tech-related, you would post it from the Coffee Code Cast Twitter account rather than your own personal one. You would use your personal one for whatever the hell you want to use it for, right? I would, and I might even, if I wanted to personalize it even more, maybe I would just do like Coffee Code Mike or something like that. To if I wanted my own, right? Like that, I, I thought that it would be nice maybe to have my own to differentiate from what you're nobody knows who's that i can't speak right now but it's really hard to tell who's who's publishing at that point if we're both publishing stuff to the coffee code cast is like was well, it mike is it kyle is it somebody else is it a ghostwriter like you know that's fair yeah no i think that makes sense so yeah i don't know it was kind of that's kind of a cool little impromptu segment there that i you know you were on a roll and it was an interesting topic so yeah cool stuff yeah good stuff that's the beauty of the bullshit is that you never know where it's gonna go We're thinking about doing a new segment here on the Coffee Co-Cast, and uh, it's 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 the top story of the day, and really, actually, it's the top story of the week, and what we're doing is we're going to grab the week's top upvoted story on Reddit. So that's what this top story of the day is going to be, and it's going to be in our news segment, where we usually talk about the news. So today's top, top story of the day is got... Uh, 147,000 upvotes and 2,026 comments. And what channel does it come from? It comes from the uh, subreddit called Mildly Interesting. Oh, interesting. Mildly. So, <laughs> a lot of these that come from Mildly Interesting. I follow that sub, by the way. Do you? I have not been on Reddit for probably three months. Wow. You it, were kind it, of big into it for a while. Well, I really like Reddit a lot. I like it too much, and so I was spending way too much time on Reddit. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Mildly Interesting generally has exactly what the the topic describes. It's things that are very mildly interesting, like they might pique your interest and they might not. Um, there's also a series of subreddits that are similar to it that are like not interesting, where it'll be like, you know a picture of a shoe on a floor or something like that. Just stupid stuff that people think is funny. Anyway, uh, this particular story, uh, the title of it is Found the Cliff... Let's see, what did it say? Found the Cliff This Cliff Bar Came From. And so it's a picture, and the picture is of a cliff bar. And on the cliff bar, there's a pretty prominent uh, rock climber. And he's kind of hanging from a cliff. And there's another mountain that's in the background of the scene. And this particular person found a pretty perfect match in real life to what this mountain scene looks like. And he's holding the cliff bar up in the exact correct position to where it matches up on the actual packaging. Yeah, it's really impressive. I mean, it's like even the clouds kind of blend in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting place. I guess I didn't look through the comments to see if anybody wanted to uh, mention where this actually was taken. But. I didn't pay attention to that either. I just thought, damn, this is uh, 
this is a very realistic. It looks like it looks like the exact spot where it was photographed or whatever. Yeah, the 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 actual background mountains kind of line up perfectly. The uh, the cliff the the color of the cliff that the uh, cliff hanger is hanging off of is like perfect. Like everything just matches up really really well. So it's it's just an interesting kind of uh, visual, I guess. So we'll make sure to link to this image in the show notes so you can take a look if you're interested in that as well. Yeah, I'm just looking through some of the comments right now, and so the top comment from Grabenson was, so did you find it and then go buy a cliff bar or did you happen to have a cliff bar and then realized it? So many questions. <laughs> if you're, yeah, if you're not a Redditor, if you don't spend time on Reddit, the comments section of Reddit can really be entertaining sometimes. Uh, sometimes it's really annoying, but a lot of times the very first like 50 comments are just kind of joke on top of joke on top of joke. Yeah. It seems like further down that somebody claims this is not the actual cliff from cliff bar that the the real cliff was from smith rock oregon in a route called the chain reaction oh are is cliff bar uh, from oregon uh boy that i could not tell you let's see this is i'm looking at cliff bars instagram as rural myth has it chain reaction at smith rock oregon was the inspiration for the iconic cliff bar rapper here team cliff bar friend in the field snaps the shot while fellow photographer puts the moves together I uh, don't know if they're from Oregon or not, but uh, huh. well, hopefully they hooked him up with a box full of Cliff Bars at the very least. Well, they should. I mean, that was a pretty nice little promotional. One hundred and fifty thousand people, <laughs> yeah, clicked on that link. So that's how many upvoted it. I mean, how many how many oh, people yeah. actually looked at it, right? That's right. That's true. You know what? Uh, I'll give it an upvote right now from the old Coffee Code Cast. Yeah, I tried to, but I'm not logged in. So there you go. So that's the uh, story of the day. Not necessarily always tech related. Could be tech related. It really just depends on what's uh, what people on Reddit are finding interesting. Yeah. If you have a story you'd like to upvote, go to. Uh, how do you go to this thing? It just doesn't matter. It's just the highest one. I guess you can look and, and upvote ones on this thread, top thread from the past week. Yeah. So this is from the the all subreddit, which is basically all stories, and then uh, you have to sort. You can sort it based on past day month week etc uh so you'd have to select week and then you can see what the top top upvoted stories of the week are and we're just going to pick the top one uh each time we record so that'll be that segment some inspirational posts in here in the top 10 it looks like some weight loss wow that's impressive some pretty big weight loss stories in there married couple in china discover they appeared in the same photograph as teenagers Ooh, that's interesting that now, there is a really fascinating subject to me, and I think that's going to happen a lot in the future. Like, especially facial recognition, as good as it's getting now. There's a, like, if, if Facebook wanted to just turn that on, like, and broadcast across, like, every photo that it has record of, can yeah. you imagine, like, the photos that maybe you're, like, just a bystander in? Seriously. I mean, this, that's, that's what this is. This is, this one is an R interesting as fuck. Cause yes, it is. They're a married couple. And this photo, I don't know what this fucking statue is in China, but there's a picture of her sitting down, like on this little bench, not even a bench, like a little stool thing. And he's off in the background in the right, making this kind of leaning pose. And then his copy of the photo, you just see him front and center making the leaning pose. Oh, yeah, I see. the. Okay, I found the story here. Yeah, it's 
hers is taken kind of more distantly. Yes, in the background. She's yep, further back. He's in the background of her photo, and his is kind of more off to the right. So she's not in his. But yeah, that's crazy. That's fucking crazy. So they were teenagers. They were there at the same time, and now they're married. I saw a similar similar thing going on on Reddit here, and it dealt with photography kind of like this, but a little bit different. And it was a big... Uh, a big story about like a fake image because what there was these two photos and they looked exactly alike. So it's of this lighthouse and this gigantic like wave crashing into the lighthouse and like crashing up and over and throwing water everywhere. Well, there's two different images and like everything about them is like spot on the exact fucking same. So people are like, this is a copy. You copied it and you changed it, you know, yada, yada, yada. Right. Well, come to come to find out, these two photographers were there at the same fucking time and took a picture at the same fucking instant. No way. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. That's unbelievable. I should, I should find it. I'll find it and link that up in the show, show notes too. But you can tell they're different photos because, like, the actual like uh, exposure is slightly different. You know, there's a little bit different tinge color to to them. But yeah, it's the exact same fucking. Wow, photo. that's crazy. I think we have our, this isn't just a segment. I think we have a new show, the Interesting as Fuck podcast. <laughs> That's what I was telling you, man. Like the uh, the good old Dignation back in the day, which is Reddit today. Like they had something going on. Like it was just like they'd go down there, list the stories and bullshit and drink and laugh about it, you know? Well, we are going to do that. I don't want to give too many spoilers away for future episodes, but we are planning a, uh, a uh, recording together on location and it will involve some beers. Ooh. Maybe we could do whiskey. I mean, I don't want to. We could make it our own, you know. Yeesh. Little, no, not so much. I mean, we'll stick I, to beers. I, I slur already as it is. I don't know that I need to. That's right. I remember. <laughs> I remember the time we went to uh, Casco Antigua, and after a couple margs, dude, whoo, didn't take much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'll let you hit the whiskey. I'll I'll stick with beer. I mean, we can we can uh, we can have some spirits uh, and some beer. That sounds great, and yeah. no promises. But if we do enough whiskey, you might get a little free bird at the end, man. We'll see. I think we'll suck Wayland in. Wayland's a coworker of ours who likes the booze. So if we bring booze into the mix, I think he'll be a a solid listener. He's uh he's not gonna object to that at all. I think he has no problems <laughs> with that. <laughs> this is good. I like this segment. This is fun. Reddit story of the week. Good. Yeah, I'm glad that turned out nicely. From mildly interesting to interesting as fuck. I actually do. That is my one hang up with reddit you talked about the jokes in the comments like there's just a lot of bullshit the bubbles up this married couple in china that actually i would like to upvote that forty-seven thousand more times so it can get to the top i think that's more interesting than the, the cliff bar well the cliff bar is cool too i guess well it's interesting as fuck it's the high i bet it's the highest one in the interesting as fuck category well let's find out i'm gonna go interesting as fuck and i'm gonna go to top uh all time Come on, show me the money. Yep, top. Interesting as fuck. Posted by Dick from Accounting. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So I'm going to look real quick, like, before we move along. Yeah. So I know usually they list um, related subreddits. Usually on the right side, they list related subreddits. So I was hoping that they would list, like, you know, mildly interesting, not interesting, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I see that for interesting as fuck. Okay. What are they? What are the related ones there? Not interesting, offbeat, oddly satisfying. Damn, that's interesting. Unexpected and WTF. 
Yeah, there you go. That's pretty cl- pretty correct. And I think I follow most of those. I do love Oddly Satisfying. That one's a good one as well. I need to... Uh, maybe I need to re... I need to download the old app on the phone again. Oddly Satisfying is a lot of, like, just kind of silly shit. Like, uh, let's say you have... Uh, I don't know. Like, let's say you have a old school, like, big-ass coffee can. And then maybe you have, like, a two-liter bottle or something like that, and it just fucking, like, perfectly fits into the can. Like, just, you know, like how it makes that, like, slow ride down because, like, the air is escaping. Yeah. It's, like, it's like stupid stuff like that, but, like, it is oddly satisfying, right, in some weird way. So it's 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 an interesting thread to see every once in a while. Sure. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm kind of poking around right now. Huh. Definitely not interesting as fuck. I mean, that's why they have these classifications. <laughs> yep. Okay. All right. Well, moving on. Yeah, let's move it on. What do we got to talk about next? Well, Amazon has made yet another acquisition to take over the world. Ooh, are they getting into financial markets now? Fi- yeah, exactly. Financial markets. Well, I mean, there was a pretty hefty financial transaction involved in this. Did you see the number involved? So they acquired One Ring. They acquired Ring dollars. Oh, Ring. Yeah. Doorbell Ring the doorbell company. Yeah. So they acquired Ring, which kind of gets them into the same space of the smart home makers. Um, so they have the doorbell, uh, excuse me, the they have the doorbell products, they have the video product, they have now a new security product. So this gives Amazon kind of a competing interest with, say, uh, Nest. Well, Nest is probably the biggest one, right? I think that uh... I feel like I'm missing one, an obvious one, but yeah, Nest is the biggest competitor i think in that space at the moment so yeah other companies even smaller companies like simplisafe which is my security system company they're kind of even getting to the space a little bit so i have a wireless security system it's a do-it-yourself and they've added cameras recently and a whole slew of other things just that integrate right into the security system so there's a number of players in the field uh, big and small but amazon definitely is getting into the field as well with this acquisition uh, as well as their own products that they've kind of already come out with, with cameras and kind of tie-ins to the to door locks and stuff like that so they can deliver into your house, which we talked about in a previous episode. Well, especially in a DIY space, because you do have, like you said, Simply Safe and huge, huge, huge uh, Vivint has grown, you know, exploded in the last five years in this space. And you've got ADT with whatever they have, their prime... I forgot the name of their, but they all have home automation stuff, but that's more on the commercial. Well, it's residential, but it's like, you know, you're, it's not DIY, right? Like you're paying these guys a monthly fee and they're coming out and installing shit, but they have that. And now you've got these guys coming in and Google with their camera. It's, it's interesting. Like this DIY space is just keeps getting bigger. It's it. Yeah, it is interesting. And it's becoming kind of like the next phone frontier or something like that where you're kind of locked into a specific ecosystem because none of them want to talk to each other or talk talk no. across platforms so that's a little bit of an unfortunate thing i think that'll come around kind of like the phones did eventually there'll be things that can start to can make them communicate together but yeah right now you know i'm in the nest world i'm in the simplest safe world i've got um, you know amazon echo devices i've you know i've got a little bit of everything and dabbling everywhere but not all of these things can talk to each other yet, and so it's a little bit painful in that respect. 
I think the interesting part of this story is that these dudes were on Shark Tank back in 2013 trying to hawk the product, the Ring Doorbell. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, they. it was called something else. It was Doorbot or something. I mean, it was a less sexy name back then, and they wanted a much smaller figure. I think they wanted like 700 grand for 10% of the company, and... Nobody wanted the deal. I don't. I would love to watch that. I'm sure that clip is floating around now. But you know, they they were not interested. Oh, this is dumb or whatever. This isn't going to make any money. And then fast forward five years, and Amazon pays over a billion. Wow. Dollars. Yeah, that's a that's gonna eat at them for a while. I think it's a nice payday. Hell yeah. You know, we I I hate hearing about this shit. Not that I had that idea, but when I was doing home automation, you know, my partner at the time and I both saw the vision of where things were going because when we were in the, into that space, like I've said before, it was very hardwired and it took a lot of programming and a lot of time and cabling, da da da. And so we we were we were onto that idea of how do you make it more DIY, how do you make it inexpensive, and here it is, and it's just crazy, like. I don't know what I could have done back then, but it's just one of those things like, shit, I should have stayed with that a little longer. Don't know if I would have gotten the billion dollars for a ring, but uh, you never know. I think our problem was that we wanted to try to do everything at once. And these guys just said, no, let's just make a doorbell with a camera on it and make perfect that. I remember (laughs) you back in the day talking about all these different wireless technologies that were available for these things and getting out Arduino boards and doing all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we were trying to drop the cost because these were very cost prohibitive systems that were tens of thousands of dollars and you had to go through dealers to be certified to buy the products and install them and and they required a lot of maintenance and upkeep. And they're very proprietary, right? I mean, it, in the same way you're seeing that now, but the but it's just been mass produced and it's it's easy and cheap and anybody can stick it on a wall and turn it on it's you don't have to have a certified installer to come out and do all this stuff for you yeah yeah it's really cool it's really exciting stuff like i i kind of geek out over all these little gadgets and gizmos that you can plug in and yeah exactly like you said you just like plug and play and click a few buttons in an app and bam you're up and running it's crazy that is it very cool yeah amazon just keeps engulfing everything up right now (laughs) yeah exactly speaking of another giant gm is getting into the peer-to-peer car sharing services uh so have you ever used i believe there's a car sharing service called turo are you familiar with this i'm familiar with turo i've never used it san francisco has get around which is a similar concept as well okay well the idea is that you can effectively allow other people to use your car while you're away or not using using it. Yeah. So obviously it has to be in a publicly accessible place and you have to be able to get them the key and so forth. So you can think of it a little bit as the Airbnb of car renting. Um, but GM is ap- apparently going to try and create their own service to compete with the likes of Turo and, and Getaround, which I thought was really fascinating coming from one of the major car makers. Yeah, it's an interesting concept because they have a lot more um, influence being so, such a massive company. I mean, globally, they could disrupt that space. They, they could. Um, the article seems to indicate, 
I, I didn't realize this. I've never heard of it, but there's already a service that they they own. It looks like that's called Maven Gig, which I had never heard of before. No, I don't know anything about it. Maven Gig, G, GM's car car sharing service for Uber and Lyft drivers. So it's a gig based service, is what it is, and so it allows you to use. Effectively, it's the same idea, but it's allowing you to use somebody else's car for gig based servicing. Oh, interesting! Really? So they already have something kind of in the space uh but now they're going full-on peer-to-peer like user-to-user sharing rather than kind of more business related which it's interesting coming from a car manufacturer like i I kind of feel like i would expect to see this from like the likes of tesla but i don't know that i would have expected it from gm well you were talking about tesla's plans for that in the future a while ago yes yeah tesla that's kind of part of the whole master plan that Elon has put out and he wants to make it so that if you have a car that it can be utilized to its fullest potential rather than just sitting in a garage or whatever, you know, get some cars off the road. If, if I'm not using my car, it can pull itself out of the garage. You, if you, if Mike requests it, it'll pull itself out of its garage, drive itself to Mike and Mike can drive it around for the day. And then it returns itself to my garage and then it's ready to go for whenever I need it. Yeah. Well, the self-driving feature is going to just crush it. I mean, that'll be amazing. Yeah. To- pick you up <laughs> yeah i i'm ready for that day i know a lot of people are uh are dreading it but bring it on my problem with this space that gm is trying to get into is that i've i've looked into toro i've looked into get around and i've i've shied away from both of them the, the prices are more affordable for sure if you need a car for a few days or if you wanted a really nice luxury ride you could even get access to those types of cars that you wouldn't get from Zipcar or you know other car services like that so there's a certain appeal there but for me i just don't i don't trust it um personally i maybe this is unfounded but i just am worried about the liability what happens if i get into an accident in somebody else's car how good is the coverage what's covered what's not covered i feel like i have a pretty good understanding now having been a Zipcar member for several years and i pay nine bucks a month for the drive me off the cliff kind of waiver release. <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's a certain security that I get with that. And, and for me like that, I don't know. I, I, I just have never, I've looked several times and I just decided at the end of the day that it's not worth signing up. And also I just don't like the idea of just getting into somebody else's car. Um, it just seems a little not as professional. I think a couple of things uh, that I have from my standpoint. Number one, um, our friend, our friend Aaron Rifkin. Uh, the Rifkin. She she used Turo for a while, or she offered her vehicle up on Turo for a while, uh, and had a, had some people use it, and and of course not treat it well or not clean it well after they were done. You know, she had things like people would bring animals or dogs in the car and then try to argue that they didn't, you know, stuff like that. Just bullshit that you don't want to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So, sure. I mean, there's that kind of stuff that you're that you're opening yourself up to. So that's that's one thing. And now I can't remember what the hell the other thing was that I was going to talk about. Bring the car oh, back. Oh, I know what it was. It was um, related to a study that I just recently read, and that is that basically the car-sharing services, the Ubers, the Lyfts, the, you know, Car2Go, the ReachNows, all the different various services that are available – there's been a pretty recent study that came out that basically said it's not doing anything for traffic congestion. In fact, it may be making it worse. So, 
you know, is this the continual? Is this going to be the way to continually go? I don't know. Like even if even if GM gets into the space and is successful, I feel it's a very short term, hmm. short short sighted execution plan because of ultimately, like I guess it's my belief. Although I, I think a lot of people would argue with me about this, it's my belief that the autonomous driving vehicles are coming very 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 rapidly. Well, that's for sure, and that is going to change the landscape. I think at least in larger cities and the metro areas, you know, it's going to be a little harder to push in the rural places initially. It'll get there, but but especially in Seattle or San Francisco, where if you had some kind of mandate that, like in Europe, where in the city, that in this case it would only be uh, autonomous vehicles, then that would be a big game changer. Right. Um. I would like to see the study you're talking about. I'm interested in that because I, I had cited a previous study and I've reached out to some uh, some of the local politicians here without any luck, any success getting a reply back, but just need to keep trying because we don't have car to go or, or reach now here. We, we have more limited options in San Francisco for, for car sharing. And um, I, I when I'm reaching out to these guys, I'm citing this study from UC Berkeley and it was probably a few years ago that said that a car to go could take as many as seven cars off the road. I think, yeah, I may have misspoke slightly. It's it's more geared toward Uber and Lyft. I don't know that the other car sharing services were actually involved in the, in the particular study that I mentioned. Oh, I see. So you're saying just in general, like Ubers and Lyfts, now you're just so saturated with those guys that you're not doing anything to alleviate congestion. Yeah, and in fact, making it worse. And this this study is actually, I got the article here. It's actually from the SF Weekly. Oh, yeah, I read the SF Weekly. I didn't see that one yet. 60% would have biked, walked, or, yeah, interesting, or used the bus if it weren't for rideshare services. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting article. So, you know, I don't know, I don't know how much more room there is in this space just because the roads are congested, right? Like you have, that's kind of your bumper, right? Like, Somewhere there's an upper limit to everything, and for for this type of business, the upper limit is is the road, the, the road's throughput, and we're already maxed out or damn near maxed out, right? So I don't know how much more of this you can put on the road. Yeah, I agree. I don't think so. I think I think having autonomous is is going to help when it's fully autonomous. I don't think in the beginning that's even going to help because it's going to be driving with regular vehicle traffic still. So. I do think that there, I think we've talked about this already, I do think that there's some things that they can do in the interim where they dedicate lanes to autonomous vehicles because those lanes can suddenly become, you know, incredibly fast because now you have all autonomous tra- uh, vehicles traveling in the lanes that are aware of each other and, you know, can man- manage their own speed and distance and so forth, which makes them much, much more safe to travel at high speed. So I think there's some short-term wins, but yeah, I agree with with your thought that that full autonomy is going to definitely open up things to a much larger degree. And I'm still holding out for the fucking hyperloop, dude. That's going to solve all our problems. (laughs) Yeah. Who needs the hyperloop man? When you can take the Falcon heavy from here to China in 30 minutes, (laughs) that'd be pretty cool. (laughs) Well, good story. That's interesting. Good luck. GM. I really don't care about GM that much. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. So moving on from the GM story, um, we don't talk about gaming much here. I don't. I'm who I'm not, who does that? <laughs> I'm a. I play games here and there. Uh, specifically lately, uh, there's been a big craze uh, with two different games. One is called Fortnite, and the other one is called 
uh, PUBG, which stands for Player Unknown Battlegrounds. And mm. the, the crux of these games is they're the typical first-person shooters, but they've put a spin on it. And what that spin is is that they take 100 players, and the 100 players all jump out of a, an airplane onto this island, or multiple islands, maybe. But you basically jump out of this plane, and then it's a kind of a free-for-all. It's a land grab. Like, everybody has to go out, find weapons. And then you, it's a hundred versus, you know, one versus a hundred, basically, to the last player. Oh, um, wow. But what, what makes it really unique is, although it starts with a very, very large island, in the case of PUBG and Fortnite, it's not quite as large, but it starts with a large landmass, and then every, say, two minutes, the, there's a circle that continues to shrink. And you have to stay inside of this circle, or you become injured or die if you stay outside of the circle. So it just continually shrinks down and shrinks down and shrinks down until you're, you know, basically face to face with the last person or the last few people. So it kind of forces conflict, which is really, really interesting and it makes games move along. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting concept and Fortnite, which is the one that I'm uh, interested in talking about here is a pretty cool game. It's made by Epic games, which is a pretty major game maker. But the game itself is fairly cartoony feeling, but the, the graphics for the game are incredibly performant, like crazy performance. So the game itself is on the Xbox, the PlayStation, and the PC. And I have a little bit of an older PC. I have a i5 uh, processor with a, you know, a, a graphics card that isn't super strong. I don't know the specs on it exactly, but... It couldn't be a crazy strong graphics card because I don't have the power supply to power it. But this game runs, I can run it at the highest settings that it has available, uh, and it runs flawlessly. Like, it's crazy mm. how good the graphics run. Uh, and to tie onto that, what I found really interesting is that this game is going to come in its full version, they're not going to strip out anything, to Android and to iOS. Which, Damn. to me, is fucking insane. Wow, how the hell are they going to pull that off? <laughs> I don't know. Right now they're accepting beta signups, so I went ahead and signed myself up for that just to kind of see what it would be like. I think it'll be hard to play just because you're playing a full console or PC game in the iOS environment or Android environment, which I feel like would be fairly difficult unless you have some sort of Bluetooth remote or something. But if it can perform as well as it does on the PC or the Xbox on iOS, I mean, that's, to me, that's kind of a game changer in terms of games going forward. Like, if you can run a full-fledged console game on iOS or Android, that's, we've turned, we've turned a pretty big page. No shit. That's impressive. I wonder what they're going to do there. Are they taking, doing some uh, HTML5 there? Probably not. Probably not using the canvas tag. I'm sure they have <laughs> yeah. some pretty interesting technology behind that. I suspect it's probably a Flash game. Flash, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that explains that, man. I guess we got to figure it out now. Very cool. I didn't know about this. And when I saw that on the show notes, I still had no idea what the hell you were talking about. And then uh looked at the site and I go, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's a it. it's a pretty fun game. It, it it It's pretty quick is the other nice thing about it. it. You know, if you play a game of the 1 versus 100, it might take 20 to 25 minutes maybe per game. So it's pretty rapid. Uh, you don't have to sit down for hours and hours to, you know, to have a good time. So it's pretty fun. I would definitely recommend checking it out if, if we have any gamers out there. 
That makes sense. I was trying to figure out what, what Fortnite, because Fortnite is like two weeks time, right? And so you were saying that the world kind of advances every two minutes or something, like it gets shrinks. So I think the Fortnite title is a play on words. I'm not totally certain about this, but the whole game itself is is centered around the fact that you can build things. So AKA build your fort. And then I think the night portion of it, the monsters, there's another portion of the game that's called Save the World where you fight zombies, kind of waves upon waves of zombies. So I think the night portion of it is kind of a reference to the zombies are coming out at night. I could be totally making that bullshit up, but I think that's probably what it deals with. Well, Fortnite used to mean 14 nights, so if it's two minutes per night, then the game would last 28 minutes. So I don't know. Maybe. I don't know if they squeeze that in there or not. I haven't tried it, but I'll check it out. Urban Dictionary says it's a game that commonly causes men to lose their girlfriends because the game gets more attention from the man than they do. <laughs> That's probably right. Ha! My homeboy just lost his girl because of Fortnite. <laughs> Urban Dictionary to the rescue every time, man. A game that broke the internet in 2018. Everything guys post about on their Snapchats now are their royal victories on Fortnite. I will say I'm appreciative that it didn't come up with some sort of horrible sexual act. Yeah, that's probably further down in this urban dictionary somewhere. <laughs> I could... Yeah, I'm not going to read that one. <laughs> ah! Well, that's funny. Ah! There you go. There you go. All right. Well... I guess that wraps up uh, what we have for uh, news. Today's news. Yeah, that's the news. Uh, I don't think there's anything else that I have in the news right now.
be looking pretty dapper these days, man. You tucking the shirts in, you wearing the jacket, you got the satchel and page bag there, you got the newspaper. You're like a regular old Wall Streeter. What the hell well, is this? I don't know. Hipster and I got a few different influences there, man. It's the old San Francisco influence, you know. <laughs> I got the haircut, the I got that new haircut, basically. The uh Yeah, a little tighter. It was it was looking good. I liked it. Tighter on the sides. A little, uh, I forgot what they called it already. It's like shaved on the sides and then they carve in like a little fucking hard part on the side there too. Leave it a little thick on top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, so we'll see. I'm trying to clean it up a little bit, man. I gotta, uh, I gotta look good. Yeah. Keep it polished. And, uh, keep working out, man. I've been doing some running, not, not every day, but, uh, a little bit here, a little bit there. Doing oh, intermittent fasting. Yeah, you're still on that. That's good. I did a 36-hour fast that I ended this morning at 9 a.m. Wow. Yeah, that was good. Were you struggling through it, or, or did you feel pretty comfortable the whole way through? or like? I struggled with it yesterday afternoon because I was a little bit stressed about some stuff, and then I kind of had, you know, you still get the cravings around mealtime. So lunchtime kind of craving that afternoon. Usually, like, if I was in the office, this is when I'd be going and grabbing, like, some, you know, kid-sized Snicker bars or fun-sized Snicker bars out of the basket up there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of, like, perused the kitchen a little bit. I opened the pantry up, and I don't have a ton of that stuff in there, but I had some stuff, and I go, oh, fucking wait. I had a tea instead. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Drink, drink some fluids rather than eat something. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do bone broth. I'll oh. heat that up. Interesting. Yeah, it actually can be very satisfying, very satiating if you're fasting for a period of time to have a warm cup of bone broth. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been running a little bit off and on. Uh, I need to get more in a rhythm. Uh, yeah. I did a, I did a few days on the treadmill. I did one day uh, down on Lake Washington waterfront, which is really good. Got in a nice like four miler, 4.2 miler, something like that. So yeah, I'm starting to slowly work my way into it. Uh, got some new shorts recently. Cause, uh, the last time I ran, I have I have some road runner sh- road runner shorts, which I really yeah. really like, and they've got built-in liners on them. And that's what uh, I wear too. Yeah, they're great. I love them. And uh, what I noticed is like suddenly, like I was getting some really bad chafing, like on the on like the inner thigh, on one leg, and I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on because I'd never had that again before. Well. Turns out the inner liner had torn oh. at a seam, so yeah, it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't doing its intended purpose, so pitching those away, and I got a couple new pairs, and now I'm ready to go. Just got to get back in the rhythm, and uh, ideally probably eat a lot less shit than I do right now. Still working on that. But. <laughs> yeah, it, it ebbs and flows, man. I mean, I, I've been doing pretty good, but it's it's hard to stay consistent all the time. It really is. I have a hard time with that. I still kind of break from it a little bit, but I'll say the intermittent fasting for me has just helped me kind of maintain because I, even though I did kind of go on a few different, you know, went off the deep end a couple of times or I had, you know, a buddy in town, whatever it was, uh, you know, when Slayer was up here a few, few weeks ago, um, or down here, depending on what your point of reference is. Um, I mean, we went to a bunch of different, craft beer places and did a number and I actually didn't do that bad 
coming out the other end of it. Just, I think a big part of it was just from the fasting. So nice. Yeah. I'm hoping my, my hope here is that this summer between running, hiking, biking, etc. I'm hoping to just kind of, kind of crush it. That's my, my goal, I guess, is just to pretty much be constantly outside doing something. One of those activities like damn near all summer long. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Nice. I will do some of it. I won't. I can't commit to that much. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like anything, you know, if you get into the running, eventually that becomes pretty easy to do on the regular. Same thing with biking. Same thing with hiking. Right. I mean, kind yeah, of does. Fit, fitness begets fitness, is what I've been told. So, eventually, it's not a problem. Yeah. No, that's great. So yeah. Other than that, uh, what have you been watching? You got any cool TV shows you've been watching lately, or are you just too busy to uh, pull up anything on the old Netflix? No, not too busy. I, d- I have, yeah. I actually really got into last year Sneaky Pete. Did you see that on Amazon Prime? No, I've not even heard of it. What is it? Okay, it's really cool. It's uh, The second season just came out last week, so I'm binge-watching that son of a bitch right now. Um, it's uh, it's, it's uh, Giovanni Ribisi. I uh, remember him from, like, Boiler Room. Um, sure. And, and, uh, what's his name? Breaking Bad. Um, not Vince Gilligan, but, um, Brian Cranston. Thank you. Cranston. Yeah. So he, um, this is his, his show. Basically he, he, I believe he's pre-produced this. Did he, uh, Oh yeah. Cause I think when he came off Breaking Bad, I think he was, yeah. Starting to get into directing or something or producing. So yeah, that would make sense that this might be his show. He's the creator. He, he co-created this show with uh, David Shore. Um, but this it's really good. It's it's a Giovanni Grabisi is this con man, and uh, he's trying to get back on track. But it's kind of interesting. Like he needs a place to stay, and so his his roommate, his cellmate in prison. Um, you know, they became pretty close friends the years they spent together in as cellmates so he he knew a lot about this guy's family and then when when he got out of prison he kind of assumes his identity because his buddy's still back in prison and he needs a place to stay and he needs to kind of get back together and you know get his life together and maybe even get a few dollars on the side and so it's just a very interesting he's a con man does some pretty interesting shit and and uh cranston's even in the show as well uh a little bit he wasn't there in the first season too so it's been a good show to watch fun drama excellent yeah i'm gonna have to check that out that sounds really interesting and i i definitely like brian cranston from from good old breaking bad that was a good show that i binged uh, breaking a couple bad. years ago i can't wait for better call saul the next season to come out i think that's not going to be uh, out until like april or may though yeah i never really liked that character so that 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 show kind of i never got into or never really wanted to watch Saul oh. Saul kind of annoyed me so oh that's too bad i love it oh it's great man he's that that's been fun. It's been and I like it just because it, it's it, it's an extension of Breaking Bad. It's actually like the prequel, what happened leading up to Breaking Bad. So I'm I think as the seasons roll on, you're gonna start to see more and more characters come on from the original show. Oh, well, that's cool. I didn't realize it was a prequel. I thought it was yeah. a, a follow up or whatever spin off follow up. Yeah, no, it's like him, like back in the day, trying to get his, you know, budding law business off the ground. He's trying to do things right, and then how does he become Slick Jimmy or whatever? You know, how does he be- become Saul Goodman? Um, yeah, 
Well, I've been really into... Have you seen the series on Netflix or heard of it? It's called My Next Guest. I did. I watched the episode with Barack Obama. Yeah, so I've been really impressed with this show. It's uh, it's it's David Letterman, uh, and he's basically doing more or less like what he did before, you know, on his own show, just long form. So it's at least an hour long with one particular guest, and uh, it's interview format, but they also kind of do like little... Uh, side segments where like he's clearly traveled with them or gone to their home or whatever it may be and he's had three really really interesting episodes this far um so like you mentioned uh president obama was the first episode george clooney uh was on there who you know i'm not necessarily like the biggest george clooney fan out there in terms of movies but like they talked about his fundraising and philanthropy and those types of things and like they people that they've rescued from various places and stuff like that just really fascinating kind of real real people stories um and the most recent one was uh Malala Yousafzai um who maybe that name rings a bell but maybe you can't remember who she is and she became like a very big women's advocate and education advocate um as a I think as a teen because she was actually shot in the face for speaking out and survive um, and has become a huge advocate for women and women's education and women's rights and so on and so forth. But yeah, the show itself is really, really well done and, and really good interviews. So if you, if you like, I don't know, it's almost feels documentary ish sometimes, but uh, that's what I, I felt. The first one I felt like was that, but it was, it was entertaining and it went by fast. Yep. Yep. And it's, not it's there's some definite serious moments and there's definite you know uh, laughable moments so i think you can kind of get a little bit of everything from the show and i've been really impressed i think it's really great i need to watch that episode with with her with what you said malala malala yeah malala yusufzai she's a 20 year old pakistani woman yeah i remember her i didn't know when you said her name rang a bell but yeah i didn't know who she was until i pulled this up yep really well spoken she's really well spoken uh it was really fascinating to hear you know she had her family is full of teachers so uh her whole life she was kind of taught how to portray a message really well and she's she's very very good at it uh yeah they're all really fascinating really really interesting life stories and uh you know maybe not hard hitting or anything like that but just like really good stories a lot of feel good stories um even some stuff that's maybe not so feel good you know he dives into asking her about what she remembers about being shot point blank in the face you know stuff like that which is pretty hardcore but you know it's part of her story and part of her what made her what she is today so i don't know been a really really great great series and i hope they continue them so Netflix is just killing it, though. I mean, they keep coming up with all this content, billions of dollars of content. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they can kill the cable companies. I'd be, I'd be grateful. Oh, they're getting neutered right now, man. They don't have much of a chance. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The only other show that I really have note here is uh, I'm finally jumping on the Stranger Things bandwagon. Oh, I didn't. Uh, I saw a couple episodes, but I didn't really get into it. Okay. Yeah, I'm only maybe four or five episodes deep into the first season, but so far so good. Uh, interesting. Not a big sci-fi nerd, but so far it's holding my interest. The big news for me today was today the pre-sale uh, Ready Player One is coming out in theaters March 28th. Wait, what? 
Ready Player One. Did you read the book? No, the I've book? never even heard of this. What is it? Oh, oh my gosh. I can't believe we're having this conversation right now. Inform me, man. Inform me. Yeah, uh, you got you to gotta check it out. I mean, the book is a great book. This was a science fiction novel from 2011. Um, and it's like a, I don't know how to say, it was like this dystopian society, like in the future, you know, you've got like this corporate entity that pretty much owns everything and people live in like this little ran, you know, like slums, basically like, like there's, it's a trailer park stacked vertically because there's just no room for, for anything. And, and, um, anyway, like it's just a horrible horrible world and people escape through this um program called the oasis and it's a virtual reality uh world basically uh yeah year 2044 the world's been gripped by an energy crisis from the depletion of fossil fuels and consequences of global warming and overpopulation to escape the decline the world is facing people turn to the oasis a vr simulator accessible by using visors and haptic technology like gloves and the game's creator left Easter eggs in there. When he died, he announced in his will that um, the first person to find his Easter egg would inherit his entire fortune and the corporation. And so here's a bunch of, you know, people in poverty that like can barely survive. And so now they're on this big hunt in VR land to try to find these Easter eggs. Wow. Okay. I feel like maybe I have seen a trailer or something about this. But it's cool because I'm such a fucking 80s nerd and there's so many references to everything from like atari and back to the future and ghostbuster like all kinds of shit 80s songs war games i mean it's just sweet sweet like 80s references throughout the whole thing and so spielberg did the film and that's coming out in uh in a few weeks wow cool yeah i might have to check that out that sounds very interesting the way you describe it so may have to may have to look into that check it out yeah i bought uh I bought a couple tickets. I'm going to see it in IMAX 3D. And uh, hey, maybe you have to fly down and come watch it with me. I think I bought one thinking that Lauren might go, but I don't think she will because I think she doesn't like 3D and she doesn't like science fiction. So I'm pretty sure she's not going to want to go. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.